Good morning. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today, Shashank. Maybe as a quick introduction, you could give our audience a little bit of an intro to yourself and the work that you're doing. Yeah, sure. So I will start by saying uh, thank you for inviting me to come and talk with you. Uh, so I'm Shashank. Currently, I'm a final year graduate student at uh, Theoretical and Computational Biophysics Group at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Before starting my graduate school, I did my undergrad and master's from India. And currently at UIUC, I work in Imash Taj Khorshid's group. And we are interested to capture, uh, I can say like biomolecules in action. More, speci more specifically, we work on biomedically relevant ion channels, membrane transporters, and other peripheral membrane proteins. And uh, to study these phenomena that how these protein functions and perform their uh, physiological roles, uh, we employ molecular dynamics, dynamics techniques and combine it with uh, advanced sampling methods. And uh, so my project specifically focus at the interface of ion channels and transporters where I develop uh, and employ MD techniques, combine it with AI-based methods to unravel the conformational dynamics of these complex biological motors. Perfect. So the more and more I talk to guests that join me on the podcast, uh, I see the intertwined nature of um, interdisciplinary sciences. And, and you mentioned a lot of different things. You mentioned uh, specifically ion channels and membrane transporters. And actually, uh, I wanted to briefly highlight a publication that uh, I saw uh, through Nature um, regarding some of the work that you did in, in glutamate transporters, uh, specifically Glutamate transporters have a chloride channel with two hydroprobic gates. So maybe you can give us a quick kind of synopsis of the work that you did there and maybe talk about um, some of the cross collaboration that you've had with other institutes as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, so actually this work started with a very basic question of uh, how cells communicate in brain. And essentially, by, 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 by a lot of researchers, like they have shown in the field that cells communicate through sending chemical signals, mostly in the form of uh, neurotransmitters that are glutamates. And these glutamate signals are released from a nerve through glutamate transporters, which sits on the surface of the cell, and they respond to these signals by opening and closing at the right time, and thus pumping out glutamate whenever they are open. And uh, because glutamate is a very important neurotransmitter, uh, recognizing the shape of these transporters through which glutamate moves could provide insights on why and how cells stop talking to each other uh, in, in, in a correct manner in brains of people experiencing diseases, various neurological diseases. I can say like epitaxia, Alzheimer diseases. So in this particular work, we collaborated with a research group at uh, University of Sydney. And to be very specific, it was the group of Rene Ryan. And our main motive was to capture these transporters through which these neurotransmitters are moving in, 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 a, in a very, at a high resolution. And apart from that capturing or photographing that particular transporter, we also wanted to understand the molecular mechanism behind the split, split personality of this particular protein because it has been known for quite long now that these transporters, along with transporting substrates, that is glutamate across the membrane, they also enter into a leaky state. And this particular state is somewhere in between the function of, the trans of this particular transporters. But till now, or until our study, no one has captured this particular st uh, structure, the structure of this transporter in this 
chloride conducting conformation. So what we essentially did is we combined uh, various structural biology techniques, including uh, advanced MD simulations, cryo-electron microscopy, and functional assays. And we looked, or what we observed was this transporter function in a, in a, in a very uh, different manner. It, it functions as a twisting elevator inside the cell membrane. And interestingly, we photographed this molecular machine in action, and the results confirmed the suspicions that researchers had for quite some time that glutamate transporters were multitaskers. And uh, we have uncovered for the first time that these transporters multitask uh, by carrying out two dual functions. The first function is to move chemicals like glutamate across the cell membrane, while also allowing water, water and uh, chloride ions to move through at the same time. Yes, yeah, so it seems to me that, um, you know, the investigation of, of these, uh, these membrane transporters is quite significant and, and could actually uh, lead to, to novel therapeutic, um, you know, identification for targets that could be associated with some of these neurological disorders, um, Parkinson's, uh, Alzheimer's, uh, other neurological disorders, epilepsy, perhaps. So it could be quite fascinating um, with the more breakthroughs that, that we're developing or that you and your group are developing there that we're inching yeah. closer to identifying uh, more clinical approaches. Um, what I also like to uh, ask sometimes when I have these conversations is obviously we're looking at the research being done within an academic setting. And at times I also am joined by leaders that are working uh, within industry. Maybe you could talk a little bit about um, just how someone goes about identifying a possible uh, target and what that might mean for the whole drug discovery process, um, looking at maybe how you identify uh, a target of interest and uh, what you do then to, to screen that up and, and to provide maybe uh, additional data that, that would validate uh, the work that you try to investigate. Yeah, sure. So actually, like if we go with the biomedical relevance of this particular system that we worked on, and uh, and I think both of us highlighted quite a lot that this 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 particular system play a very important role in uh, in in lots of neurological disorders or diseases. Uh, so one of the difficulty in the field of drug designing or designing novel molecules to target a specific system and specifically the glutamate transporters is the lack of information. So. Uh, these transporters are highly dynamic in the cell membranes and they can adopt various functional states. But one major difficulty is that uh, various drug programs in industry faces is, uh, is, is getting the snapshots or getting the confirmations of these transporters in their realistic environment. Because although cryo microscopy provides us with lots of information about a static structure of the system or, or, or the protein in action, but uh, we miss out on lots of intermediate confirmations which might be more relevant when we try to target a specific system. So, uh, so this particular study that we have conducted, we have actually con captured a confirmation which, which was never captured before. And it's an intermediate confirmation where we were able to capture both the split personality of this or the entire split personality of this particular transporter. So what I think is this might this is a new direction in the field of uh, both the structural biology as well as designing novel molecules that is uh, targeting specific systems. 
because with these type of technologies that we are currently developing we can we can we can target or design novel molecules so that we can specifically target one functional aspect of these complex biological motors like for example in this case let's say if uh, we want to target just the chloride channel part of the protein and at the same time make sure that the transport of glutamate should be intact we can specifically target that particular part of the protein which conducts ions or which conducts conduct chloride in this case while at the same time the transporter can function uh, properly when it comes to moving uh, glutamate which is an imp important neurotransmitter across the biological membranes and when you're looking at uh, all the technology that, that you're utilizing in the lab, you mentioned cryo-EM. Uh, I also had another conversation, uh, you know, regarding um, X-ray crystallography. Um, what, what scientific, uh, you know, techniques do you apply in the lab uh, just to kind of give our listeners uh, a holistic view of um, the interdisciplinary approaches, uh, obviously tying in, you know, the work that you've just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so specifically, if I talk about my lab or the area where I am currently pursuing my research, we are uh, predominantly a lab which, which applies uh, computational techniques. So essentially, we borrow the ideas from uh, physical sciences, chemistry, biology, and computers, computational sciences. And we make this holistic environment so that we can uh, perform the molecular simulations of these complex biological molecules uh, in their native environment. And the, the power of this particular technique is it provides us both with spatial and temporal resolution at the same time. Uh, and uh, I would say one of the advantage of this particular technique over, let's say, the X-ray crystallography is uh, we get the entire dynamics or entire conformational dynamics, if I can say, of these systems in their native environment. While crystallography does provide a very important uh, starting point for our simulations, but most of the snapshots that are being captured from X-ray crystallography or even cryo-EM, those are the static snapshots. They provide uh, uh, us with the information that how a particular system looks like in one of the conformation state. But as we know, and it's being uh, increasingly seen in the field, that these transporters are, or these molecular machines are not static systems. These are highly dynamic systems and they continuously jiggle and wiggle. And in order to capture those things, uh, we develop uh, softwares. So two of the in-house softwares that we have and they are being widely used by, 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 by all the people, including structural biologists, are uh, NAMD, which is a molecular dynamics engine, and secondly is VMD, which is a visualization software. We call it as visualizing molecular dynamics. That's why it's VMD. So these are the two in-house software that we are that we develop and currently developing as well, uh, so that we can make these kind of techniques of molecular simulations available to everyone. Yeah, no, that's very, very, very exciting, um, and and it's good to know that in-house you're you're having these customized solutions that is bringing your work full circle. Um, how far do you think, or where do you think we stand currently in present day when we're looking at, um, you know, this, this effective research ultimately leading towards the development of, uh, novel treatment, uh, availability for some of these neurodegenerative diseases? Hmm. Uh, I would say, uh, 
like we are making progress towards providing uh, better platforms when when it comes from the molecular dynamics point of view but uh, one thing that we are still limited by is getting the initial structures of the system because if you don't have initial structures of the systems or the particular targets then it's really difficult to make the structures and simulate it and provide atomistic information or uh, information up to a very great detail uh when it comes to the tools i think we are in good place at present we are in good place because there is there are lots of interesting things happening in the field of molecular sciences uh the first thing is like now there is an upcoming area of uh, combining molecular dynamic simulations with artificial intelligence based methods and we are also working towards on that front as well so essentially the idea is can we leverage out the power of artificial intelligence and combine it with molecular dynamic simulations or simulation based techniques so that we can efficiently sample the systems as well as efficiently design novel molecules to target specific systems on which we are currently working on that sounds very exciting that sounds very exciting indeed um to kind of take a step a little bit in a different direction uh i know that you mentioned to me earlier uh your journey from you know, india now obviously um in the united states uh maybe you could talk a little bit about what inspired you to to get into into this field and uh just give a little backdrop on on inspiration of of what led you to your present day and and your present post in your lab yeah sure uh i think i previously mentioned that uh, uh in india during my undergraduate time i was working in the area of polymer sciences and specifically at that time the idea was to understand how the research is being done because that was my first move into the area of research in my undergraduate time and uh, what essentially i was doing at that time was i was synthesizing polymers to design drug vehicles so that we can effectively deliver drug to a to to a particular target and uh, while i was working on that particular area and essentially that was far from what currently i'm doing because although the ideas are still the same uh, we are working on biomedically important fronts but uh, at that time i was synthesizing the molecules that were, that that means i was doing wet lab kind of experiments but over the years i started realizing that uh, i i sort of got interested in the area of biophysics because i like the idea of this interdisciplinary research essentially in the area of biophysics according to my perception or my view we combine the ideas from biology physics chemistry mathematics and computational sciences and we combine all these techniques together to tackle a specific problem and uh, and and when i was completing my undergraduate i was specifically uh, inspired by the research work that was done by the research group of klaus schulten at university of illinois urbana champaign and that was one of the reason i chose to join uiuc uh specifically the biophysics program of uiuc for my undergraduate studies and then when i joined uiuc frankly speaking i was a little bit confused because i now i am in 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 an environment where biophysics is being done but there are lots of aspects in which we can do biophysics so one difficulty that i had in my initial years was how to choose my area of research because biophysics is also about expressing proteins doing cryoelectron microscopy at the same time doing functional assays and then the area of computational sciences and artificial intelligence comes where we are also contributing in in in, uh, in providing similar information i would say 
So UIUC, uh, they have a very nice uh, and very interesting uh, uh, design of the course because in first year, they provide us with an opportunity to rotate in different research groups and sort of develop interest and get ideas about what type of research is being done in a particular, in a particular lab. So, uh, so after rotating in different groups, I started uh, realizing that molecular simulations and uh, artificial intelligence and, uh, and advanced sampling techniques is something which attracts me more compared to other, other te techniques that are being done. Uh, so that's how I stumbled upon the group of Imad Taj Khurshid and he kindly gave me an opportunity to work on different areas uh, of like starting from ion channels to transporters and peripheral membrane proteins and sort of develop an interest in one particular systems that uh, essentially one of my major project was glutamate transporters. Uh, yeah. I think the idea of uh, being in an environment where uh, you have the possibility to go through a rotation uh, especially in those early years, it, it definitely influences you and, and uh, you know, it sets the precedent for uh, what's going to keep you motivated and excited uh, as you, you know, further, uh, you know, study a particular niche. So um, okay. I, I totally resonate with, with what you said there. Like if, if I can add another important aspect that I realized after joining the research group uh, is attending conferences. I, so like I really enjoy attending conferences because they provide a very uh, like very rich and stimulating environment where researchers from all over the world gather together and work or uh, present their research. So, so that's a very motivating environment for a graduate student or for any researcher, I would say, but specifically for a graduate student because they can understand what kind of research is being done in their field. And if I can add the, the, the our recent paper on glutamate transporters actually started from a Gordon research conference where both I and Rene, both of us were presenting our research and we realized that both of us are working on the same front though using different techniques. So that's how this uh, collaboration with uh, Rene Ryan started from uh, Gordon research conference. So I really put conferences at, at the top when it comes to uh, graduate students or any research that we are uh, that that currently we are pursuing. Yeah, that that that's a great storyline, and, and I'm glad you were able to to plug in uh, that summary because it, it just kind of wraps up how you know we live in in a in a present time where we're all digitally connected to one another, and you look at um, the little anecdote that you referred to about you know how this all started from a conference. And if we think back that for the latter part of, you know, a year and, and maybe, you know, some more months as we're, you know, evolving through the, through the global pandemic, attending and having that one-to-one -one contact with other individuals um, has been altered in, in one way or another. So um, I've been a part of these virtual conferences, but you don't get the same feeling and, and you don't get that little mingle that you could uh, when you're going through the posters and you're saying, actually, we're, we're doing some similar work here and you meet someone that you otherwise wouldn't have met. Uh, and then now you're, you're collaborating uh, together and, and you know, down the road now you're, you're publishing in nature. So um, it, it, just, it just gives you the reassurance that uh, these sort of meaningful connections uh, will allow for you know, breakthroughs to happen uh, collectively, not just exclusive to any one given academic institute, but more rather dynamic in nature where you can collaborate with someone that is, you know, halfway around the world 
so that that's a very good storyline. Um, in closing, maybe what I could just ask is, um, obviously, you know, we're, we're also promoting this to aspiring researchers. Um, what's one piece of advice that you could give someone, uh, or in hindsight, something that you would give yourself uh, as you're going through the process of, you know, selecting an academic institute, selecting um, a discipline, uh, which you could go into, um, just to kind of summarize. I would say one of the most interesting like important thing while deciding or choosing the institute and for for that matter a research lab and a area of research is like looking for what what interests you the most because i realized over the period of time uh, by looking at my peers and as well as initially when i when i entered into graduate school is if you like a particular area of research then definitely you don't feel the pressure that you are that that you get while working in that field. Essentially, the journey becomes enjoyable. That's, that's really important because if a journey is enjoyable, you get new ideas and you, you come across different and novel ways to tackle the problem that, that is in your hand or that is sort of given to you. Another important thing that I realize is during the course of graduate school, don't be, uh, like we should not be very, uh, uh, like we should be ready to take risks and uh, go into the areas which are relatively unexplored because that that is definitely a risky thing to do as uh, if you think from a perspective of a student who is uh, who is enter entering into the area of research but that is really rewarding journey because if you do something which is great and which is novel that is i would i would say that is the most rewarding thing that you can uh, that that you might feel after achieving uh, your goal or after achieving the aim of the research that you are trying to tackle. Yeah, I think uh, as long as you're following uh, everything with passion and you can stay motivated, I think, like you said, right, really so, um, that's going to lead you down uh, a great path. So once again, from my part, uh, thank you very much for being able to uh, highlight your most recent work with us and our audience. Uh, I'll make sure to add that in the description as well as any additional information about your group and your your personal uh, you know research gate account uh, Google Scholar links and all that so um, that we can only uh, increase how we spread the information okay yeah the, and again like thank you for having me this was really a good discussion that I had and uh, I think this will be useful for everyone I guess Thank you so much. The pleasure was all mine. And I'm fairly certain that a lot of our viewers will take a lot from this. And uh, yeah, we're, we're happy to, to connect and uh, keep the community nice and, and, and tight, tight knit. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much.